Hey everyone, this is the Start Today Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to episode two. Obsessed with travel. So we have a culture that is obsessed with traveling. Um, Whether that be local, nationally, or internationally. I mean, well, it's not just we have. I mean, we're part of it. Like, you and me are part of it. Like... We're like part of that culture too. We are the right? we. Yeah, yeah. We're part I, of the we. I mean, the way you said that made it sound like those guys over there are obsessed with travel. Well, I do believe that too. I mean, that's, but it's, there but are varying degrees us. of it, right? For sure, for sure. And I think for lots of different reasons. I mean, like, traveling's fun, right? We like to travel. Who doesn't like to travel? Some people hate it, but like, that's contradictory. But, um, <laughs> but like, right. you know, get, everyone loves it. Except the people who hate it. Yeah, people. Say, I say that, but like when when you're like, let's say a coworker comes into work, right, and they're like, "Hey, I'm going to Thailand for two weeks." No one's like, "Oh, that's stupid." I'm glad I'm sitting in my office for the next two weeks. They're like, "Oh my gosh, you're going to Thailand. That's right. Su- that's super cool." And then you start thinking, like, "Man, what what would it be like if I if I could go to Thailand? What would I do? Like, oh, what would I do on the airplane? What would I pack? What would I wear? What beaches would I go to? Like, what foods would I eat?" You start thinking of all of this stuff. Like, you're into it too. Is that part of it? The planning. Is planning and for, discussing I mean, it for as me important? It is. I think I think for everyone is different. I I love, literally love to plan trips. If I could be a professional travel agent, I mean I guess I could. Yeah, uh, you could do whatever you want. I mean, but, but like the travel agent industry is pretty like hurting now, unless you're a home based travel agent who's doing it as a side project. But like if you could like run an old school travel agency like back in the nineties, you know, there were before the internet. Um that, I would, that's a lot of legwork. That would must have been hard. I totally do that, though. Like, yeah. my, my boss, uh, he travels a lot. I, I get his flights, his cars. Um, I help him plan how he's going to stay. I just love doing it. It's not even part of my job. I just, like, literally like doing it. Yeah, yeah. I have travel apps on my phone just because I think it's fun. I think planning trips is super fun. I know that's true for some people. Um, my boss's wife is that way. She will, like get on uh i think travelocity is the website where um you don't like you kind of bid on places to stay i think that's the website Mm -hmm. um i don't use the website but i know like they'll like want to go to a city or a place and they'll say like okay we want to stay in a four-star hotel and they'll figure out which four-star hotels exist in the city. And they're like, okay, there are only these six. So we know we're going to stay in one of these six hotels. They don't tell you, right? But they won't tell you which one, right? So you'll bid it. And however it comes out, that will be that will be the hotel you stay in. So, like, she has – she plans all this stuff out. I, I think that stuff is super fun. I don't know that everyone is obsessed with it the way that I am on the planning end. Um Someone's got to do it. That I can say for sure, but I don't like it. I Yeah, a lot of, I think a lot of people hate it. I just want to be I mean, and this has a lot to do with the my temperament and I think we discussed it on the the masculinity and manhood episode. Uh-huh. I kind of just want to be told what to do so I can just show up and within that comes a certain amount of responsibility. But if for it's sure. if it's easy for you to plan a trip to Paris, France, and it does nothing but cause me so much frustration that I don't even want to go to begin with. I shouldn't be doing that. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. No, I get that. And and the planning end does not cause me any stress other than like the stress of excitement. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think though, so I think there's that. I think another, I think Instagram plays into our cultural obsession with traveling almost infinitely. You know, you can sit here on your couch or sit in your office chair or sit, you know, at a coffee shop in your city and you're like watching people run around and play on beaches in French Polynesia or Fiji or they're taking pictures in front of the Eiffel Tower in France or whatever, right? Pictures in front of Big Ben on and the list goes and it's just these perfect moments of travel where you don't you don't see and interact with the 19-hour flights or the two-day layovers where you got stuck at JFK in New York City and you're just your stuck. body dragging and the tiredness from not sleeping for two or three days and the yeah. jet lag. I mean, like it's easy to interact with travel experiences in our world because of social media. That is wasn't it, the case before. Where is it novelty? Uh, like, for example, you got people in Japan. I'm just making this up. You got sure. people in Japan following someone on Instagram from San Diego. Like, oh, my cousin lives in San Diego. Yeah. I'm going to San Diego. I live in Japan, and San Diego is the best city on the planet, whatever. I mean, that's not – it's it's. They I have think, a beach, too. Yeah. They I, have buildings, too. Like, what is it beyond the superficial, the structure, the water, the sand itself? So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to credit my wife with this idea because I think, I think there's something to this, and I think this could be – I think we could dovetail off of this and do an entire episode on something like urban planning. Um, but Good idea. Her one of her thoughts was, we we live in a suburban superstructure. Most of us, right? If you're not living in a city, and you're not living in the country, that takes up a certain amount of people. The rest of us are living in planned communities, in planned housing, with strip malls and fast food restaurants. Like, there's no sort of like. There's nothing um, like no cultural identifiers. Yeah, there's nothing cultural identifying. There's nothing like there's nothing unique or um, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. But everything everything is master planned, right? Nothing is organic. It's cookie cutter for for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There is no organic like like way of existing in those in those areas, right? It's just sort of like it's like you said. It's just non-organic cookie cutter. So right. like, so like our, it's almost like a human desire to just jump out of that every once in a while. Um, but another, another way you could think of it too, is if you think back, you know, a hundred, 200, 300 years, people living in urban devi- urban environments after the industrial revolution, uh, if they could afford it anyway, would have houses out in the country. They would have to escape the city and right. get out to the country. And that's even true today. And, you know, we have a lot of friends. And I, when I met my wife, she was living in San Francisco. So we have a lot of friends in San Francisco. People flee the city on the weekends just to get into the hills and the beaches. And it's like there's something about, like, the, densi- like the density of where we live. I think this is true in California. Where, like, you just got to get away from it every once in a while just, like, for your own sanity. So if we're if we're thinking about that because I, I think you're right, we this place is crazy. I think it's crazy with basically from 
maybe Santa Barbara. I'd say Ventura. From Ventura to Tijuana, like literally, is one city. Yeah, it doesn't stop. There's not a lot of division. There's not a lot of, oh, like Los Angeles is its own thing. But actually, Los Angeles is probably like 40 cities Yeah, that people think of it. So it's not really its own destination. Lots of people are in on that kind of grab bag of L.A. Like, we're all going to pick from this and benefit. Yeah, we're all part of the greater Los Angeles area, right? right? Even though we ourselves are about 70 miles east of L.A., Mm -hmm. people still talk about, like, oh, we're part of their statistical area. But I guess when you live in a place that's centrally located like us, why – I guess why do we have to leave if we have a beach – 40 minutes away if we have a mountain 40 minutes away if we have a desert 40 i mean we get to why are we still are you you're like why are we still obsessed basically right right because then on the flip of it people for whatever reason and no offense i'm just i just not entirely sure why because i just don't do it why do people fly to palm springs like why do people go to palm springs that's been a thing for 50, 60 years. Yeah, it started like, back with old Hollywood to flee the city. I mean, yeah. again, you'd flee the city and you'd go out. And they, I mean, but Hollywood people in Palm Springs, Palm Springs are like, I'm getting out of this place. It's freaking hot. I'm going to well, go gonna say, somewhere yeah. else, right? Palm so. Springs is hot as hell. I mean, like, you got to get out of Palm Springs if you're living there right, just to right. breathe at some point in the summer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think those are good questions. I think an, one thing that our culture has done that, I think it's unique to our culture. Um, we've really sort of raised the like raised the bar on travel and self fulfillment. Like I'll be fulfilled as a person if I can go to Stockholm. I'll, yeah. I'll be a fulfilled as a person. I'll be a better person because I I go here. And I think, I mean, I think there are a lot of like cultural philosophical underpinnings that sort of hold that together. I think one is. Um, one is a sort of philosophical presupposition of diversity. Like we can only learn if we interact with people different than ourselves. Um, I don't really want to spend a lot of time talking about that because traveling is interesting and um, having a conversation about philosophical diversity just isn't what I want to talk about. Uh, I mean, well, I have a question. Let's see if this lines up with what what you want to say. Go ahead. So is there a difference between intellectual knowledge of a place? Like, say, I read on Wikipedia that Rome is a real place. Okay, fair enough. And maybe you saw pictures of things in Rome. You're like, wow, that's amazing. And you looked at the pictures, you even took it in. But is there a difference between that intellectual knowledge of that place, of that culture, or of the art that comes out of it? Or do you have to experience it in person? Because if you remember, say, from... Goodwill Hunting, that movie uh-huh. from Goodwill Hunting is an awesome movie, by the way. It is a great movie, and there's a part where Robin Williams is basically in a very calm voice ripping Matt Damon, and he's like, "Yeah, you've read all these books, but you've never seen the Sistine Chapel in person, like I have." What's the difference? That's what I don't get. That's a good question, and I think, um, th- I mean. I think there is something to be said about like actual personal interaction with things. And maybe, maybe personal is the right word actually there. Um, I mean, when you're talking about art, you're not talking about interacting with people, but I think, I think interacting with people is 
probably the most interesting thing about traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I won't go on the tangent in my head right now to talk about my own travel experiences yet, but um, which we will get to. I yeah, huge. for sure. And I think, but I think that like, like the difference. The difference in seeing photos of the Sistine Chapel, for instance, and seeing the Sistine Chapel in real life is, like, you're standing in the actual space that Michelangelo was painting in. You're seeing the paint that came from his own hands, like, in the space that he was working in. There's something really unique and, like, there's a personal experience there uh, that I think books and photographs and words on a page just don't really like capture you know yeah, yeah. I, I think that's true um beyond that though i think there's like i think even more important than than that is or maybe may, maybe not more important but maybe more important when it comes to like learning and knowledge is having personal experiences with people like sitting down with people in anywhere i mean so that's what it's about really i think i think humanity yeah interacting with other human beings who are real people living real lives doing real things like so like i I think that's a valid point because that's huge because it's one thing to sit back and go like oh wouldn't it be awesome to eat like to eat a crepe or eat a croissant and drink coffee like at the park while looking up at the eiffel tower yeah that would be really cool but like what about like making friends with a Parisian and yeah. trying to understand what their world is like and who they are and, and what makes them tick and you know what what's exciting and what's what frustrates them and all of those sorts of things I mean like there's something personal about that that I think is unique and valuable and that doesn't mean that everyone needs to get on a plane and fly to Paris in order to have like a unique sort of personal travel experience one of the things that I think we talked about before the show that that I want to bring up that I think is just fascinating about America. And I it, and it may it, it's somewhat unique to America. It's not exclusive to America, but it's certainly unique here where each sort of area in America is a different culture, right? So so my yeah. co- my cousins all live in upstate really western New York, all of them. What I, makes them the same they, culture as Southern Californians they is are beyond me. Vastly different. There is That's n- right. nothing about them that that is similar to me other than our blood. Um, now I love them. They're they're great people. I love my family, and I've spent a lot of time over the last thirty five years with them, and so I've learned a lot about their culture. Um, but you know, they're the they're the people who show up like. Like, for real, right? Somebody gets off a plane in board shorts and, like, Nike high tops <laughs> and a Hawaiian shirt. Like, there's just something hokey about that. Like, you're there like, really is. Come dude, on. you're not from here. <laughs> yeah. Well, plus, plus, I can say from experience, Californians, and I don't know if this is the same relative to just Americans leaving the country, but when Californians travel, people know. You're either putting off an air of disgusting, stinking pride or there's something about it to where they're like, you clearly don't belong here. doesn't mean you're not welcome here, but you're definitely not us. We're, we're, um, I mean, I think, 
I think we are Californians. We are prideful to a fault. Like we like, almost think we're our own country. Yeah, like I mean, and I'm not. I'm I'm probably guilty of this. Like you go somewhere and they're like, oh. You're not from that rich part of town. And I'm like, dude, you're from freaking nowhere. I'm from California, <laughs> right? Like, right. I've, if I, I don't know that I've said that, but I for sure thought it. Like, yeah. who do you think you are? Like, I'm from California. Like, do you need me to write it down for you so you can, right. for, so you can start to comprehend how great I am? Yeah. Because look at where I'm from. And it, and it would we go there. It would make more sense if you're like, I'm a farmer in the Central Valleys. I feed you. But no, it's like, yeah, oh, I live sure. in a place that's warm all the time. Yeah, so that makes me awesome. And I work 40 hours a week, almost exactly 50 if they ask me. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, There's nothing really special about us. I mean, we're special. I mean, we... There's some serious good stuff going on in Southern California, but yeah, no, I mean, no, we're not, we're not as unique as we want to be, right? Like, yeah. we we think we're special because it doesn't snow here. That's that's like literally it. Like it doesn't it. What what's today? Uh, today is we're recording on December thirtieth. I was in Santa Barbara yesterday. It was mm. seventy five degrees. Beautiful place. By and the way. I was surfing a right hand point break north of the city on December 29th. It Some was, people hate their life right it, now. It was, six, we don't. it was six degrees yesterday in western New York, where my family lives. Six. Six degrees. Think about that. That's I've one never, digit. I've never been in six degrees. That's just normal for them. Yeah. So, so we take that like, oh, look at me. It's Christmas break. I'm surfing. I'm on the beach. This is great. And we, and we extrapolate that to like, well, I'm obviously better than people in the snow. <laughs> this is just like... It's just a fact. We're year-round snowbirds. That's what we are. <laughs> we really are. So, so I think, like, what's fun Excuse about me. that whole thing, though, is I can go to western New York and, and experience a different culture. I can I could take a business trip to New Orleans. So what happens when you're experiencing a new culture – what does that do for you? I like talking to people about it, honestly. This is something I've discovered later in life. The The first time, though, I went to the South, which was – I've been twice now in the last two or three years. So I want to say it was three and a half years ago. I Dirty. Flew to, I flew to New Orleans. Um, I was there for a business trip. My boss is – he went to school in Mississippi. So he took – So my boss and I took a day trip and literally just like went on a road trip for like 12 hours in through Mississippi. I love road trips, by just the way. To, just to be like, hey, let's go visit all these cool places, right? You're there and already. So, um, so we went to – we went to all these crazy different places. We went to like restaurants and we met people. We, we met a business owner – at a restaurant and he was talking to us about he was talking he he was a we're at this restaurant we meet this guy he is a brewer for a beer company in the south right and and we're all just sitting around talking and he's telling us about what he does and why he does it super interesting um and how he's been successful and how he was like part of the local community after Hurricane Katrina hit. Most people don't know this. I didn't know this. New Orleans never got hit by Hurricane Katrina. 
New Orleans just flooded because they built a city in the bottom of a lake, basically, and then they like blocked off the lake. So, <laughs> so it's just like a bowl. And when the levees broke, the bowl just filled up with water. Mississippi got hit by the hurricane. Yeah. So we're talking about this guy is 12 miles from the coast. 12 miles from the coast. The storm surge was so huge that his house, which houses on the Mississippi coast are on stilts. So they're like anywhere between 9 and 10 feet, 12 feet above the ground. That's where the bottom floor is. Okay. We'll we'll talk about elevated houses his too. that's interesting his elevated house was underwater 12 miles from the coast think about 12 miles Ooh. in from huntington beach and the water 12 miles in from huntington beach is 30 feet deep oh that's how devastating, devastating would that be yeah. right so so it's not as populated that's not close anyway but so he's telling us all this stuff right and so he's telling us about the kinds of beer that he brews Right. And we're sitting there listening. I'm fascinated. And he says, and and the only reason I remember this is because how shocking it was. I literally don't remember any of the other stuff, any of the other beers he was telling us about. But he says, I brew a beer called Jefferson Stout. And my boss, who's from Mississippi, looks at me and says, you know, he he's not talking about Thomas Jefferson. Right. And I'm like, who would he be talking <laughs> about then? And as soon as I said then, I went, oh, because it felt like everyone in the restaurant just turned and looked at me like they were going to kill me. Because it's named after, wait for it, Jefferson Davis, the president of the Confederacy. Oh. <laughs> I'm from California. I, don't, I know who Jefferson Davis is because I've read a history book. That's it. Right. Right. And but that's how culturally I mean, that was one of the most culturally shocking moments to be sitting in a restaurant, eating some crab cakes, laughing with my boss, meeting this guy who brews beer, who names his beers after Confederacy presidents or like, you know, leaders or whatever. Yeah. Leaders, you know, Robert E. Lee and General Lee and all this other stuff. Right. So like, right. like those are cultural moments that you I could read about Jefferson Davis in a history book. I have because I figured out halfway through my sentence who he named his beer after. Um, yeah. But like, but those aren't those aren't things you learn by reading a book. Sitting in a restaurant and having people just look at you and you say, "Who would Jefferson, whatever, be named after?" Right. If it wasn't Thomas Jefferson, these people do not like Thomas Jefferson, <laughs> and they love Jefferson Davis. Right, right. So, I mean, those kind of like – I think those kind of travel moments are really, really, really irreplaceable by sort of head knowledge, which really yeah. gets I, – I, I, I think that answers your question a bit. No, I think it does. So what is the value of that? So that's what did you take away from that? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I, I think it's fun to talk about. That's for sure. I think the real value is is understanding that there are groups of people, especially as an American, um, there are groups of people in America who are valuable people who live and think totally different than you. And not just because they're like Republicans instead of Democrats or Democrats right. instead of Republicans. Um, not just because they supported Hillary and not Trump or Trump and not Hillary, wherever you are, right? 
um, but because they live vastly different lives with vastly different cultures. And it's like, okay, how do I connect with these people like as a Californian who doesn't understand any of these Southern biases? How do I talk to them? I mean, if, you were, if I wanted to ask a Christian question, how do I, how do I tell them about Jesus? I mean, I get that Southerners know. I, I'm just saying, like, you know, from a, from a more bare-bones perspective, if you right. were just to sort of try to connect with someone, how do I tell this person about Christ? I mean, that's a, that's a, a question that I think Christians should ask themselves. Basically, like any other person who's speaking to another person, who's your audience? Know who you're talking to and yeah, don't assume and they know and And you. I think when you connect with people on a personal level um, – you you think about them differently. They're not this like, they're not this imaginative like, this is bad, and I have this ideology, and I think of them as bad because they ascribe to a like particular ideology. It's like, no, this is a person who I can sit down and share a meal with, right? Yeah. Like they are valuable because they're a person. And you can disagree with them. Yeah, we can disagree, but like, but, but you know, That's I don't. Okay. I don't live in a world where people name beverages or foods after Confederate heroes. I've never lived in that world. But you meet a great person who offered a great conversation over a meal who tells you about his business, and he that's literally how he runs his business. And it sounds like it's a successful guy. I mean, it, it, he, yeah, as whatever. far as he was telling us, he was, he was very successful. Um, I, I actually have no idea. I never followed up. But he, he knew what he was doing. And, like, he, it was, he's a real guy, like, with a real American business. And I think um, – It doesn't make him any less American. Or uncool because he's not Californian, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and so I think, I think that's a valuable lesson, too. Um, and I think that's cool about travel. Um, you know, I, so I don't know. I, I, I just think that those are interesting lessons from, from traveling. So here's, here's something that I've been dealing with. So people who know me, I, I'm not a travel person. I'm not particularly interested in it. I, I don't know that I agree with you on that, but you can, well, keep, you can keep talking. I'm going to put an asterisk next to it. Okay. I'm going to qualify that. <laughs> okay, go. So the qualifier is I decided in my head, there's something valuable, valuable about other places. It's, so I was not entirely playing devil's advocate because I'm actually still trying to play this, play this out in my head myself. But it's not only about they have roads and beach and sand and water and food too. That's like a no-brainer. And they are a different culture. And I think it's about, for me, it's about experiencing different cultures. But something that I do now... And I've been doing this, I think, for three years, three and a half years, something like that, is I've made a decision that at least once a year I'm going to visit a new city and I'm going to spend time in it. That's traveling. That is traveling. So I decided to travel. It wasn't something that I just did. It wasn't like this organic thing you were just part of and you kept doing it. No. You wanted to be part of. It was like, I intentionally want to go to these places. I'm going to go out of my way to do it. And it, it's like a two-prong because I'm still new to it. So I only travel to places where I can stay with someone. I'm not – to me, traveling is not staying in a hotel. I'm I, sorry. That's I, not me. I actually agree with you. Um, 
I, I think that that's super important about finding, finding somewhere to stay. Yeah. Saying stay with people who live where you're going. Exactly. Save the money for the experiences. If hotels are an experience to you, just fly to Vegas every year, I guess. Because those are where you get the hotel experiences. Or if you're in, like, Southern California, go, like, just go down to the beach and stay in a hotel for a couple of days. Yeah. And which, just enjoy it. Which totally, is actually fun, too. Total, totally live it up. Yeah, you can do that. But what I've, what I've learned, so I'm highly interested in food and things to do. Because I live in a place that's naturally beautiful and I have access to tons of different diverse um, food is good. Food is good. Food is like it's a it's a driving factor. I, I, yeah, no, it's a food is actually like the first thing my wife and I look at when we go somewhere. Where yeah. are we gonna, what are we going to eat? So there are some things and I and I think I upset my sister with this. So I went to visit Minneapolis and my sister and her husband live there. And I was stoked because I've been watching Fargo for the past few years at least once a month. <laughs> so, Like you just as study material to go visit your sister no, in Minnesota? It just happens to be that that's where they landed, you know? <laughs> okay. And Fargo is a fantastic movie. And there you go. So you think you're going to get the chief of police everywhere you go. In my opinion, Minneapolis is not a destination. I'm just going to be honest about that. Because what I found, and I found this in Phoenix and Portland, where else have I been? San Francisco, Atlanta. I love Atlanta, by the way. I've never been to Atlanta. That's one of the few places I uh, haven't. You want to talk about food and I was going to say, Atlanta's got to have some smoking good food. Dude. Like, but the commonality is these are all big cities. And I've realized I don't mesh well with big cities. Me, myself. You might be eating at the best restaurant you've ever had in your life, and right on the outside of it is a homeless dude peeing on your car. I don't think that's a fair trade, dude. I'm sorry. That's true in a lot of cities. Or getting attacked on public transportation and not being able to really be comfortable in the city. And I know that comes with um, a little give and take. Like where there's mass amounts of people, you have mass amounts of personalities and outlooks on life so well, for and wherever me, you have like big urban centers you just have you have people m- like you have homeless people that just sort of like go and live there well it's not just homeless either it's just you I mean, know I, I mean i hope that like n- like a normal functioning person who just had dinner <laughs> with their wife isn't peeing on your car when you're right, right. dinner. <laughs> man that was a great dinner me and my wife just had the best dinner i gotta pee on this guy's car i had so many so, from it was coats. so good i just need to urinate right here <laughs> Exactly. But so I'm getting to the point, just me personally, where I think my next travel is going to be to the Grand Canyon or right, like something like that. Getting away from the people that I don't want to be around, quite honestly, but still wanting to investigate because there's still people. I'll tell you, I used to take road trips to uh, Boise. It's when my mom used to live there. And we would – I forgot the exact route because it's been about 15 years since I've done this. But you freaking haul it up through Central Valleys. You get up into NorCal, and you cross into Nevada. And there's a town called Winnemucca. Okay. 
Winnemucca. Winnemucca, Nevada. Winnemucca, Nevada. I haven't been through Winnemucca, Nevada in like 15 years. That's got to be a real trip. It is a trip. Is there anything more than a gas station there? At that time, there was for sure a Taco Bell and a diner. For sure. This is a true story. This is absolutely true. Oh, your story. Last night on the way home from Santa Barbara, it was like a mini road trip. And my wife and I wanted to stay up because it was late and we were out all day. And we literally got Del Taco, or we literally got Taco Bell for the ride home. Taco Bell is like it was like the best road. It was like the best road trip food. Anyway, sorry. So Winnemucca has a Taco Bell. So, hey, I'm gonna tell my wife we need to put that on our list of places to go. Yeah, or they've got a Taco Bell. We don't need anything else. This you don't, and they have a diner that you could probably still smoke inside of. Is With that brown even a thing? Is that a thing anymore? Like people still smoke in restaurants? I think so. In the U.S. at all? I thought it, is that just a California, New York thing? I think it's a California thing. I know, in New York, no one you cares can't about your feelings. In New York, else. you can't smoke in restaurants either. Oh, really? Yeah, but anyway. Well, so yeah, I'm not dogging on Winnemucca. You could say the very same thing about Quartzsite, Arizona, where I get my beef jerky on the way to Phoenix every time at Daniel's Jerky. Oh my gosh, that's a plug right there. No, I am because I'm an actual customer. <laughs> and uh, do they know you? No. Oh, that that'd be sweet if you were like a regular. It would be like you a could regular, order online though. Being a regular in a restaurant in another state, that's got to be pretty cool. There's some like there's just like something cool about that. They just assume you're a truck driver or something. Yeah. Like, oh, you're back again, Bill. <laughs> but so to tie in this little little knot, little bow here, what I think about when I come through a town like Quartzsite or Winnemucca or Blythe, which is on the other side. That's California. What the hell are those people doing there? <laughs> that's a good question. For anyone you know who's been through there, there's not a lot there. Yeah. Like, what do you do? And maybe it's a temperament thing. But it's interesting. You see those people, and they're really living there, and they're really just living their lives. Yeah, they really exist. And that's why I like road trips more than – just flying it, it's all kind of the same thing you're going to experience new people in a new place for sure but road trips to me are the way to go and i'm starting to realize that i appreciate the journey almost as much as the destination i hear you personally. i'm i'm gonna totally disagree with you and agree with you all at the same time mm. because i i love i love 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 flying like it's an obsession of mine um so same. I love five, it too. Five years ago, I had a, like, this is something my wife and I do, and it actually started with my boss and I, but I have basically, like, it, it's not really five New Year's resolutions. They're basically, like, five goals of the year. Like, what are the five things you want to do c- accomplish this year? And, like, so one of the things that, like, I mean, I literally have mine right in front of me in my notebook um, for this year already. So, like... Some of them are super personal. Some of them aren't super personal. So some of the non-personal ones. Let's get the juice. No, no juice. So like, um, like we're having a baby in March. Setting up the house for the baby. Like that's that's a goal, right? Um, Getting a physical this year is on there. Exercising three times a week. Um, I've been. That means we're aging. I've been into minimalism lately, so I want to stay on that train and keep things going out. I've been wearing the same four shirts for three years now and i love them and i don't really feel like i need new ones um so anyway i wore this shirt last night so so anyway (laughs) and now there's a big coffee stain on it there is 
Man, if you could see this. It's One day we'll be filming. Eric has a white shirt and a big old fat coffee stain right on his chest. If he were to say the Pledge of Allegiance, he'd cover up the coffee stain. I would know where to put my hand. <laughs> it's like an X marks the spot. But anyway, um, <laughs> one of my goals was to get on four airplanes a year. That was five years ago. It was one of my goals. Four airplanes a year. And since I made that goal. You I've, must have surpassed that. I Yeah. we we le- This last year, we decided we were going to travel less. And we ended up traveling more. Um we started the new year last year in Eastern Washington, and I just surprised my wife Spokane? with the trip. Spokane? No, we were in Tri Cities with our homies DJ and Christy. And shout out! Yeah, shout out! Shout out to DJ and Christy. And uh, let's I know that Sarah and Isaac are going to be listening, so shout out to them too. Because we and Christy are has a podcast. Yeah, she does. But it's the Tri Cities podcast. Okay, thank you. Because awesome. I didn't have that info. You know, if you if you live in Eastern Washington and you happen on this it podcast, is, yeah. or and if you I like was start a today, friend. check out Christy Shumway's podcast on the Tri Cities. Um, Tri Cities. Yeah. So we started in the Tri Cities, which was a beautiful little town with some of our best friends in the world, and um, four of them all sort of happened in the same place, which is cool. And I just got back from taking my wife on a surprise birthday trip to Seattle. Seattle. Um, but we went we went back to Western New York this year. You. We went to Denver this year. What I do you lo- think of Denver? I have a lot of thoughts on Denver. It was okay. I, I, I it was okay. Is it the same kind of thing I was, that I, I was, feel about Minneapolis? Like yeah, it's kind I was, of I was yeah. uninspired. People love Denver. It's kind of like Denver felt like um Denver felt like a cross between California and like um I don't know. I guess it's exactly where it is in the mountains, right? Like this, it felt like this, like very active California outdoor lifestyle crossed with like the Midwest, which is almost exactly what Denver is. So I know I'm just, it almost feels like I'm just stating the obvious, but, um, but anyway, I, when I, I, so I grew up in LA and my family grew up in Western New York. I wasn't in LA. I grew up in Corona, but, um, we say LA, right? So, so I grew up in the greater LA LA. area since we've already covered that. I grew up in Corona, my my Corona, California. Crown Town. Yeah. My family's in Western Home New York. Miguel's. I mean. Oh, dude, yeah, Miguel's, yeah, Miguel's, is, Miguel's is the jam. But that's a, that, if we, we ever do a podcast on, on a food, oh, man. Yeah. I'm so in on Miguel's. We'll eat Miguel's burritos while we talk about food. That's a good You'll idea. Somebody write that down. Um, do you got that guy? <laughs> our Let's guy just wrote our that. Assistant. Our guy just wrote that down. Yeah, so no anyway, anyway, we flew. We would fly back and forth to New York as kids, like a lot, uh, at least once a year, maybe more. And so I became obsessed with airplanes. And I'm just, I'm, I'm a 35 year old guy who's still obsessed with airplanes. I, I think there's something amazing about being. Um, say, I like. I remember having this vivid experience in Dallas Fort Worth three or four years ago, where I was sitting in the international terminal. Because for whatever reason, the flights to Orange County go out of the International Terminal in Dallas, Terminal 5. Uh, so just, just I don't get it, but um, they, they do. So That's what they do. So I'm in, is it 5 or D? It might be Terminal D. I think I think it's D. I think DFW is ABCD. Um, but uh, so I'm sitting, I'm sitting in, in this International Terminal in Dallas-Fort Worth. The guys next to me on one side are going to Sao Paulo, Brazil. And the guys on the other side of me are going to Paris, France, and I'm going to Orange. I'm coming home to Orange County, California, and so, um, so as made famous by the MTV TV show. 
There's a lot of things that make the OC. Gosh, no one knew Orange County. Oh, that show gosh, I hate that show. But anyway, <laughs> so all these, I'm sitting there with this guy, right? We're just chatting and like I'm sitting there reading something and he's sitting next to me. And it's like, we're sitting here together, right? And we're going to go through two little different tunnels. And I'm going to come out the other tunnel and be on a plane and land in Orange County. And he's going to Brazil. Like, there's just something fascinating about that. Like, here we all are. That's true. We're in this little hub, right? We're in this little airport, and we're all just hanging out. And and you're going to go in that tunnel, and I'm going to go in this tunnel, and this jet bridge leads to Orange County, and your jet bridge leads to Brazil. I just think there's something amazing about it. And it's like, it's not like... And we're getting there quickly. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, you're not... It's like, you're not getting... You're not in a covered wagon. Yeah, it, like in a couple <laughs> hours, you could be like, you could be there. I told, I mean, I remember I, I studied abroad in London and I remember getting back from London and my mom talking to my parents about it. And they were like, I've been trying to get my parents. This was 10 years ago, actually 11. I was trying to get my parents. I've been trying to get my parents to go to Europe ever since I came back from Europe 11 years ago. And, um, and it, it's a, it's they're a little reluctant. Dude, you could get in the time that it would take for you to drive from, L.A. to Mount Shasta in Northern California, you could freaking fly to London. I mean, wrap your head. I, it's that's crazy to wrap your head. That around. is crazy, and that's what I love about flying. Like, and you're not wrong. There's really something cool and something to be said about road trips, but there's just something like incomprehensible about flying that I still love. Like, I'm a window seat guy. As much, Same. yeah. I I want to be, and and I hate when someone has a freaking window seat. And the lane closes the window because oh, he has to no, sleep. That that does not happen in my world. I'm out. I I'll move you. Really? No, not really. Well, I mean, me, my wife, and my son take up three, so we're pretty much good. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, oh, that drives be, me nuts. And to be fair, ever since I started flying with a baby, I'm a I'm a middle seat guy. It's a baby. Because my wife gets the. Co- I mean, it's all different because babies change and grow. But for the last two years. My wife got the window seat so she could nurse. If she needed it, the baby cried. And that's We'd keep him quiet, and I'd get the middle seat. Now, my wife is super cool, and she would let me have the window seat sometimes. Yeah. Like she's like, oh, you know, like she'll be like, she'll be like, no, he's going to be good. You have the window seat. This is a short flight because she knows, like, I'm jazzing to get the window seat. But, like, there's just something about this, like, I can't comprehend flying, and I just love it. Um, it's just like, I just, I want to do it. So, um, yeah, yeah, I agree. So yeah. So we, I, I structured my life so that I could fly sometimes. And, and sometimes that's, you know, six to eight trips a year. Sometimes that's like one conference that I go to a year. But like when I travel, I, I, I want to be in an airplane. I like road trips. I want to be in an airplane. Yeah. I think I get a little paranoid with them cause I, to my own, um, detriment, I think in a lot of ways, I, sometimes come across these plane crash videos on youtube don't watch those i've seen them they are they're horrifying rough dude you want to know the roughest one i've ever seen there's two actually um the 747 that took off out the military 747 that took off out of uh i want to say he was coming out of iraq and they they didn't tie the load down right because he was flying humvees Oh, and the, that just sounds like a the Humvees all shifted to one side of the plane. So he's like 200 feet off the ground and the plane just stalls, shimmies, falls down. All six of the pilots just died instantly. The whole thing just goes 
boom. Of course. They got, they got the whole thing on camera. It will freak you out. There's, yeah, there's some ones out there. It makes you think about it. But it's one of those things where it will work. It works. Flying. Flying works. But when it doesn't, it But really, if it doesn't, it, you're, you're done for. You're, yeah, you're I done mean, so. That's the one thing scary about, about flying is, is it's pretty drastic one way or the other. It's either extremely exciting, like obviously takeoff and landing is amazing. I freaking love that. And I love being above the clouds. I think that's awesome. Yeah. But, but when it goes bad, it goes whoa. really bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. last, I think the last deadly plane crash we had in the U.S. was 2003 in New York. There was a, this that's, was, it was a, it was an American Airlines Airbus A330 that left out of JFK, I think, or maybe LaGuardia. That, uh, the, it was pilot error. The pilot had actually been trained wrong, and he was the rudder on the back of the tail of the plane. They were taught to shimmy it, and he shimmied it too much and broke the tail off. And that thing went right down in Queens, in a Queens neighborhood, and just blew up. Everyone was. I think this was That's two years so after 9 11. That's so crazy. So we. My, There's I mean, the we Cerritos one from the 80s. I just saw a thing had on a, that. We haven't had a plane crash in a while. There's the uh, Alaska Air. Um, MD eighty, I think that went down, um, and it had to be in the nineties. So something I want to talk about, if <laughs> yeah, we can, no, no more plane crashes. Let's go. <laughs> no, let's talk about something else. No, it's just as bleak. I'm out. So <laughs> let's uh, let's just continue this bleak train going. Okay, go. Choo choo. Um, why do we put ourselves in potentially violent and potentially I don't. I don't want to be such a downer. Sorry, spoiler. I'm just going to ruin your day right now. But why do we deal with violence and the risk of death to travel in certain places? And what makes you interested in that? I don't know. Why like is that interesting. You just think it's interesting in general. Well, here's. So, I don't really know the realities of every single culture. I just read certain things, and I'm like, oh, okay, that seems pretty crazy. I'll be avoiding that area. But there was some point in the recent past, I would say within the past like six or seven years, maybe even less than that, where my sister was just talking about going to Egypt to like go see the pyramids. and Yeah. And in my head, I was, so I don't know if she was talking to me. I don't know. I have a bad memory. But she was talking to someone in my family about doing it. And I was thinking, are you stupid? They I like mean, kidnap you Egypt's and a, kill you. Egypt's a pretty dangerous place. I but think people go like all the time, like, "Hey, I just got back from the pyramids, and I just and or I whatever the Holy Land." I don't know place. enough about about Egyptian travel. Um, I know a little bit. I about, don't mean to pick on Egypt. No, no, no. I know a little bit. Of, you you saying. mentioned the Holy Land too. I know a little yeah. bit more about Holy Land travel or China, right? Just any place. Yeah, there there are ways for Westerners to travel that are like relatively safe in those places. Like and when Egypt isn't safe, they'll tell you not to go. Oh, okay. Um, so people are on top of that stuff. Yeah, I know in the Holy Land, like we've had, I've had plenty of friends go. Um, I've had Orthodox friends go. I've had Protestant friends go, um, and all sorts of different situations. And each group has someone like taking them in places that are are essentially safe. Like when you go into the the, the Christian center of Old Jerusalem, like like it y- nothing happens there. Like, it's not part of where unrest is. So I think there are ways for you to 
to avoid unrest. That being said, you know, some people are just nuts and they'll like fly into Iran to go hiking. Like they think that's right. a good idea, right? Like and I don't I don't think that that is normal. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. That's just not normal. Like that's just it's not safe, it's not normal. It seems pretty weird. And so like I have no idea why people do that stuff. I was bringing this up in a lecture like a month or two ago, and we were talking about Lebanon. Uh-huh. And for people who don't know, it's not going to be a theologically heavy place, but there are actual Middle Eastern people who are Christians, just in case you didn't know. Whoa, no way. Middle, there are people in the Middle East. Yeah. And they're not Muslim? They're not. Whoa, they're I Christians? I think even some are Jews. Whoa, no. The J word. There are, there are Jews in the Middle East. Yeah, no. So when you you're lying. When you think about that, and there's no Greg Har Greg Harvey's. What was that guy's name? Steve Harvey. Steve there's no Greg Har- Laurie's. Great, wow. In Lebanon, did we just go from <laughs> Steve Harvey? Steve no, Harvey. S- are we going for? Did you just remember when Steve Harvey announced the wrong winner? Of, oh, of the Miss America, like you just announced the wrong name on this podcast. You pulled of a the Steve wrong winner, Harvey, and you said Steve Harvey. Yeah. Well, I said Steve Laurie. Steve Laurie. Yeah. Because of Greg Laurie. Yeah. So the evangelist, the Harvest Evangelist. Greg. So Laurie. there's no Greg Laurie's in Lebanon. Okay. But Greg Laurie probably has been to Lebanon. Probably that guy's freaking rich. Dude. When Greg Laurie was in Lebanon, there were Greg Laurie's in Lebanon. He, there was at least one. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But anyway, so I asked the question because I want to go to Lebanon. I want to go to these places. You want to go to like Lebanon specifically or like. Yeah, the I think it'd be, the pictures that they were showing in the presentation looked amazing. So I was like, man, what's up with Lebanon? I Can we go, go there? there? Is that like a thing? Yeah. And they might have attractive Christian women in Lebanon. They do. That's great. I know that for a fact. And they might need American husbands. <clears throat> yeah. Just throwing that out there, people. Yeah. If you're a Christian and, and you like uh, Middle Eastern women, you don't have to convert to Islam, just so you know. Or Lebanese food, which is oh, freaking dude. delicious, yeah. by the way. Go eat some, You know what? When you're done listening to this, go eat some Lebanese food. Go do just that. Just because I said that and it made me hungry. Yeah. We'll probably yeah. do that after. Yeah. Well, anyways, <laughs> off track, off track. Muskrat, muskrat. Um the I just asked if it was safe to go to Lebanon, bec- and I I felt like I probably insulted the Lebanese and the audience, but I I didn't mean to. It was just like, look, I don't speak the language. I'm quite obviously a white American Christian. Can I go to the Middle East? And they were convinced yes, but I was like, is it the same as like going to San Diego? It's obviously <laughs> not the same as going to San Diego. So to me, that's that doesn't the mean it's unsafe, but it's certainly not the same as going to San Diego. Right. Right. So, yes, they have beaches. Yes, they have this. Yes, they have that. But, no, if you're expecting, and so this is just my own little reflection, I can't go somewhere outside of America and expect it to be San Diego because it's not San Diego. Yeah. It might be safe, but maybe it's safe up till 6 p.m. Maybe, it, and I, mean, I don't want to go to a place like that. That's true. I mean, yeah, and I mean, I'll think a lot. Well, I think to address your own concerns, Americans have been really good 
at creating, in my opinion, a really negative impact on cultures by creating fake safe places and dangerous spots. So like, for instance, hmm. th this is actually why I won't travel to the Caribbean, um, at least not resort wise, because you take a country like Jamaica that's impoverished, right? right just like right. just terrible, like gang and poverty and drug problems there. And like, instead of addressing those, like using the money that we that is flowing into that country to address those countries' needs and issues. Which we is quite substantial we, amount. Yeah, we s like set up these crazy, like lavish American Western resorts where a bunch of rich white Americans, I mean, rich on the sliding scale of what, you know, Jamaicans are dealing with, but most, I think, I think we're rich compared to most of the world. So most middle-class oh, Americans, without a doubt. most middle-class Americans can save some money and go on a trip to Jamaica. Yeah. And most middle-class Americans do. Actually, vacations, and that was something that I wanted to talk about, too, is, like, to what extent does money have to do with all of this? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think in that case, like, there's just a lot of exploitation that goes on in countries. Um, to, to, and, I, and I just think that that's not right. I don't think that's okay. Um, yeah. how much does money have to do with this? This is a great, I think, I think having a privileged conversation around travel is, is super appropriate. Um, I agree be, because the truth is, is if, if you live a life where you got to put food on the table for your kids and you've got to keep the heater going or the air conditioner going, um, if you're lucky enough and to keep have the light, keep the lights on. I mean, you, you're you're not, you're not thinking about travel, right? At best, you're thinking about it through social media. Like you see people in these lavish places, and you're like, oh, I'd want to do this one day. I can't. Like my dream would be to do whatever. You know, if you if you dream, like that would be it. That's how you would think about travel. You wouldn't think about it though in a in a like, I'm going to save and go here or the, like the plan you made. I'm going to go visit a new city every single, every single year. I'm going to go to a new city or a new place. Like, like we're living a privileged life to be able to do that. Yeah. An exceptional life. Like we're not fighting just to eat for the day. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, that doesn't mean that it's not available to most Americans. It is available to most Americans. I mean, shoot. I even know people who travel, Going back to the road trip conversation, they, they, they sell a bunch of stuff, buy a van, and they just hit the road for months or years at, at a time. Right. That, that, that's a way to travel that actually doesn't – the people that I know who have done that have done that on a, on a very, very little money. They weren't living a privileged life, but they were still traveling. Um, but like – but I think, I think there, it, takes, it, it takes a bit of money to be able to have those conversations. I grew up – we grew up – fairly stably poor. I mean, we were, we were like, we were stable, but you know, we were eating SpaghettiOs every night kind of deal. My, my dad was in and out of work a lot when we were growing up because he was in an unstable career. Um, and so he'd have a job for three years. That would be great. And we'd have a lot of money. And then he'd be out of work for a year until he could find another job, and and as a kid, I never saw that instability, right? But like, oh, I'm sure he felt it. But I, yeah, oh my I, gosh. Ab absolutely. Like, I know that my dad felt it. I know that my mom felt it. Um, and so, because of that, 
because of that, I think, um, you know, we, we, um, we were we were we were privileged, but we weren't the same kind of privilege, right? We still we still got to travel, and that conversation can go down another road. But um, I do think money has to do with how we travel and how we think about travel, and I, and I don't think that's wrong. I just think it's a fact. So if so, if you want to go, if you want to go to the south of France. I do want to go to the south of France, which actually. sounds awesome. Yeah, and not like and not like the crazy nice like yacht, co- like the 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 southwest of France, like Biarritz, where the like surfing side of France. Anyway, I absolutely so for want, surfers. I do really want to go to the south of France. That's like yeah. on my list, a bucket list. So you want to do that? How do you how do you plan for that? How do you how what does that look like? How do you set budgets? How do you know what things are going to cost? Is it worth it to stay in a hostel versus a hotel room? I mean, I think it depends what you want to get out of a trip. Um, If you just want to name drop and brag, then you stay in a hotel, right? Yeah, I mean, my wife and I, my wife and I travel, but mostly via travel points on credit cards, and we have two different systems that work for us really well. And um, if you know, if anyone, if anyone's interested in 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 information on that they can email start today podcast at gmail.com and ask a question about travel points and I'll, I'll tell you what we do um but i have two cards that work really well and i plan on banking some stuff over the next two years and and taking my wife to maui for our fifth anniversary um and so eventually Spoiler. yeah she i mean it's not it's not a surprise or anything um Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so I think like I, I mean that's how I plan on doing it. But I think there are, there are a lot of different ways to budget and save, um, and and how you f- have to figure out what works for you. But I think when you're thinking about a trip like that, you have to ask the question like, what do I want to get out of this? What are my goals? Hmm. Why am I doing this? And and I think that um, I, I think that you know there I think most Americans can do that. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that they can. I think you're right. I think I, I think too. I just think we can. I think we live in a world where like that's most mostly that's available to us. And and you know, I know like I have plenty of students uh at the school that I work for who are living fairly impoverished lives. Th- they're Mexican. Um they they travel to Mexico to see their family still. Just like yeah. we would travel to but it's no different than us flying to New York to see our family. They'll fly to Mexico to see their family. Right. I think that's great. I think it's valuable. I think it's a good thing to instill in your children to stay connected with their family, even if they're far away. Um, but my point is, sure. is even in that sort of like pretty like the, you, some of these students are living on the low end of the socioeconomic scale, like they're still able to do that. I mean, right. like, you know, they're still able to travel, which is what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that I think that's it. So there's. I kind of want to close out because I don't mean to, um, you know, crap on anyone's cities. Because I know that once you're in there, you're living the nuances. You're not just a a tourist. Living in a city and visiting a city are, are like, crazy different. They are not the same thing. They're just not. I'm not talking down on Portland. I'm not talking about any of these cities. I mean, I I experience those same things and even in the city that I live in. And people quite... You know, quite honestly, and sometimes um, with good points, sometimes with not good points, they 
crap on my city too all the time. When you're when so, you're when you're living in California and you're stuck in traffic and you're dreaming of how cool it is to ride the L train into the city from the north end of Chicago in your apartment and you're, you're like, like I just oh want to get rid of this car. And, I don't want and, and it's this like it's this imaginative, amazing experience you're gonna have. You going to Chicago for a week, riding the L train to Wrigley Field and back into the city, it isn't it isn't the same as getting on the L train and riding to work every day. It's just not. Like when you do it, yeah, when you do right. something like ride the train to work every day, it's just mundane like tra- like transportation to work. You're just working. You're but just I, living. I, I think it's easy to live outside of a city and fast like um, fantasize about like riding the train into work. And you go and do it for a year, and you're like, this is just how I get to work, man. It, there's, like, nothing remotely special about this. Yeah. Anyway. So if – I hate to do just, like, top fives, but – Do a top five. Let's are there it. any places that, whether it be international or domestic, you know, travel, international travel or within the United States, where should people go? People who are into this, like, I know there's some Tom Segura stand-up comic, you know, has a bit about this where he's like, oh, people come up to him because he travels a lot. Where should I go? He goes, I don't know. I don't even know you. But, no, for people who <laughs> are, like, adventurous and are just going to take this at face value, like, would, where do you recommend? It where are some so spots? I'll give my top five, but you have to give yours. Okay. I might not even have five. But You'll have well. five. Um Okay, I'm not going to tell anyone Briefly. where to go. I'm just going to say the top five, my favorite places that I've gone. And give like a couple reasons for each. Okay, so they, you said they could be international too? Yeah, wherever. Just, just like places okay. you dig. The, my favorite city that I've been to is Chicago. Um, it has a cool coffee culture. That's where Intelligentsio started. Um, they have great food. Uh, if you're in Chicago, you have to go to a Cubs game. There's, mm. If you live, it's just a, right in the middle of the neighborhood, right? It's like, in a neighborhood on the north end of the city, um, and I mean, it's in like a small neighborhood. It's like you come, you get off the little train, and you're in this tiny neighborhood of like restaurants and bars, and it's like that's like Wrigley Field is just like you could just touch it. It's just sort of there. There's no right. parking. I mean, there's a tiny parking lot. There's no like you know when you go to Angel Stadium in Anaheim, the like parking like can hold like you know fifty thousand people like there's there's a parking lot for like 12 baseball players that's it like there it's just in the neighborhood wrigley field is amazing figure it out yeah so i chicago was one of my favorite cities um i'm not in love with new orleans but i'm gonna um sell new orleans as a number two because i think new orleans is like the perfect weekend getaway like spot Hmm. three three days Go to amazing restaurants, run around, catch a jazz, like, catch, like, some jazz. Birthplace of jazz. Birthplace yeah. of Catch some American jazz in a bar or restaurant and just sit back and enjoy it and listen. Right. Um, there's just cool stuff going on. Have a beignet. And then, like, it's not big and then just get out. There's not a lot. I, like, I, I, w- I, I think it's the perfect weekend getaway. Um, I have a really big love for san francisco for a lot of different reasons so i would just say go to san francisco and stay away from the tourist traps 
Um, I don't find anything interesting in the tourist trap in San Francisco, but I love I, my What's wife. What's an example of that? My, my wife and I just have like a deep love for San Francisco. You mean the and wharf and yeah, the wharf know, the, is just dumb. The prison. What's it? What's it called? I Alcatraz. mean, maybe going to Alcatraz is cool, but like I mean, it. going cool. and see the Golden Gate Bridge is cool, but like it's just there also, right? Um, hiking up to Coit Tower is cool. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the ocean, obviously, so go to Land's End. Uh, I think like Land's End is a, just a beautiful. You're in this, you're in the city, and then all of a sudden you're on these beautiful cliffs overlooking the ocean. Yeah. Um, San Francisco. Where else? Um, my wife and I loved Vancouver, Canada. Loved that is it. on my that, list. For that sure. we honeymooned in Vancouver, and you want to talk about food? Oh my gosh! There are two things I love about Canada. The food is off the hook. And the people are freaking polite as can be. So that's a real stereotype. There was a lady in the subway. My wife lived in San Francisco for five years. So she's like super dope at like just landing in a city and knowing how to use public transit. Like she can just look at a, she can just go to a bus stop and figure out where we need to go right away. Yeah. Like she's like, I'm that's useful. I, I got better at that, but she's like awesome at it. Like no matter where we go in the world, she's just like, okay, this is how we get around. Right. Like people are always like, aren't you going to get a car? I'm like, no, I have a wife who knows how to use public transit. Why would I get a car? Public transit is dope when you're like in a city. So anyway, um, we were in a train station getting our ticket for the week. We just got like a week ticket, you know, and, um, there was uh, somebody left some trash on the ground, like a, like a. Burger, in Vancouver. Like a, yeah, like a Burger King bag, let's say. Or maybe, actually, no, it was a newspaper. There was a newspaper blowing through the train station. We can all picture that. Yeah. Um, she was on her way to work, dressed extremely nice, went over, picked it up, walked over to the trash can, threw it out, and then went and got on her train. Dang. You will never see that in America. What an idea. Dude, it's amazing. In Take America, in where you live. In oh America, you see people throwing their Burger King trash out the car window. I don't understand this, but people do it. Yeah. So Vancouver is definitely a place. And um, I, as, a, as number five, even though this is like has a big place in my heart too, I'd say if you've never been to Europe and you're a little bit nervous about traveling overseas, London. Which I am. London is the perfect transitional city for you. You'll understand the language. The people are generally nice. And it's, there's so much culture and stuff to see in London that like do it do london so there it is five now you give me your five okay so since i'm such a learned you, you wrote it down look at you well i only have four so i'm gonna have to figure out this fifth one okay um so for me i'm a socal guy i love where i live i love it i love it i love it san me diego too. nobody come to california yeah, don't come here. I'm <laughs> just kidding. If you are... It's okay to visit here. It's nice. People are great. It's sunny. If you're going to come here and be part of the social world and keep taxing us to death, don't... You're not welcome here. We don't <laughs> want... We already do that enough. Yeah. Anyway. Gas is already insane. You're number one. How is gas cheaper in Nebraska? Come on now. State taxes. Stupid. San Diego. San I Diego. San Diego is gorgeous. San Diego. It's warm and gorgeous. What more do you need? Little Italy. Bomb. Petco Field, if you're in San Diego, that one I've of heard the that. coolest places to see a baseball game. I've heard that. Yeah. I heard they have a general admission, just lawn seating. They do. You just bring your family in a blanket. It's like just five bucks. And it's, a little, so awesome. it's a little park in center field. Yeah. You just hang out. It's That's super, cool. It's super cool. Take your kids there. 
don't get hung up in the branding and the gang related activity of I'm a this fan and I'm a that fan. Just go have fun. Who cares? Gang related activity. Yeah. You're a Giants fan? Knife to the side. Makes no sense to me. Okay. Hot Lana. Hot Lana. Dude. Dude, I told you already, I've never been to Atlanta. So Atlanta, here's my 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 Atlanta story. Well, there there was a lot because I was there for almost a week. Sunday, I'm like, okay, I got to be a good Christian. I got to go to church on Sunday. But my... Good job. So from the hotel in Buckhead was the train station a block away. I believe this was August. It was storming like California was going to fall into the ocean. It was storming that bad. Okay, this is Atlanta. It doesn't storm here. Yeah, it was frightening. Not really. I'm exaggerating. It was scary, though. It was like, holy crap, this is actual rain. <laughs> this is like a rain that brings the our state out of a drought. It was raining that hard. I'm like, nice. well, I'm on vacation. I got to do this. So I walked the block to the train. Don't worry about uh, the fact that I had an umbrella and jackets and all that. No, no I was worries. just head to toe soaked. Why would, why would a California boy have an umbrella or a jacket? Oh, I had both of those. Oh, you did? Yeah, oh, yeah. And you still got soaked? Uh, beyond soaked. Nice. It, it was like I jumped in a swimming pool with my clothes on. I'm like, well, this sucks. I hate wet socks. If there's one thing I hate in this world, it's wet socks. And, But I said, I'm an American, damn it. I'm going to push forward through this adversity that I am experiencing. Go, go. So I take the train, and then I got to walk a mile from the train station to the uh, to the church. So it's like wet-ish, and I'm soaked. I go to church in this Russian church right across the street from the Atlanta Zoo. So whoever is from the ATL, you know what I'm talking about. I don't remember the neighborhood. By the time I got out of church, it was so bloody hot, I didn't know how to handle it. <laughs> It was so hot, and the sun was beating on me, and I'm wet. That sounds like the South. Yeah. I just took – these are the types of things. Learn from me. Figure things out before you go. Yeah, that sounds Think like – Think outside the, the box. That sounds like the South. But then I went to the zoo, and it, it was a great day. I went and got my haircut in a black barber shop. Dude. It was really, legit. You really did it up. I was, like, intentional about as much of this stuff as I can get. Dang. And – that's it, awesome. It's not that I'm fetishizing black people, by the way. It's just their barbershops are freaking cool. Yeah, they cool. have a real culture around barbershops that are yeah. awesome. I mean, I get it. And you walk in, and they're listening to uh, to gospel. And I love gospel music because there's a thing. Musicians who are out there who know, they know about gospel chops. Oh, my God. Yeah. These gospel players are insane. They are the best there is, in my opinion. I love them because they have the intensity of metal drummers. Yeah. But, like, the precision of, I don't know, jazz drummers, I guess. Nice. So, anyways. Nice. <clears throat> got that done. I just had a great time in Atlanta. The best food I've ever had in my whole life. Everyone there. It's got to be good. It was so good. I had Indian food, high-end Italian. By the way, none of this had anything to do with me. Uh, I was just with people who had budgets, and they were kind enough to handle it. So, the Indian food was was insane. the The health food was insane. What about? Do you have barbecue? <sighs> I don't remember if I. You've got to have barbecue if you went to the south. I did something. I don't know, but um, that was a great time. Everyone there is good looking. So shout out to Atlanta. 
you guys are nice. Some handsome gents handsome and good-looking chicks. Handsome people in perfect Atlanta. skin. If you care about that kind of stuff, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's bloody hot, but they don't deal with dry skin. I'll tell you that. Not like us. Um, so Atlanta, go Atlanta. check it out. And I'm sure I was only there a week, and I was there alone. You know, I I wasn't able to to explore the city with anyone else. So. I'm sure there's tons to do in Atlanta. And, of course, like, the music scene is off the hook there. Yeah. What else you got? What else I got? Uh, Portland. Portland. As much as I, you know, taking a piss on Portland a little bit, like, it is super cool. Yeah. I, I just think you have to deal with, if you go to do any of these major cities, you're going to just have to deal with the fact that there's going to be, like, run-down areas. You're just going to have to deal with the fact that people there's just run-down areas in every urban area. Yeah. Did you – uh? Did you go to Burnside? I don't know. That's a skate park. The bridge, Burnside Skate Park? No. No. Didn't you ever play Tony Hawk Pro Skater? No. Are you serious? Negative sauce. What world are you from? Uh, The one where people don't play video games. You did not play Tony Hawk Pro Skater on PlayStation. I worked at Blockbuster when it came out, though. Well, that, and you didn't, you worked at Blockbuster and you still didn't play Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Yeah. Dude, you you failed somewhere. Somebody failed you along Someone the way. Failed me. Somebody failed you along <laughs> the way. <laughs> so Portland, I recommend going Portland. to. But actually, Portland itself, I had a really good time, and there was a lot to see there. Um, also, good food. But I actually had the best time at Tillamook, which Dude, is the factory. Remote, yeah, where they make like Ooh. the actual cheese and Dude, the yogurt. Dude, that Tillamook cheese is boss. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Tillamook. So in Oregon, Tillamook, Tillamook, Mook. <laughs> it's got two O's in it. So whatever that is, whatever. and it comes from cows, so it might be moo. <laughs> it's just even better. Yeah, um, they call it the coast. So even though it's like farmland, it's on the coast, and it's also forest dude there's nothing on the coast that's that's exactly how the world should be actually it's insane dairy farmland and forests on the ocean that's northern california too it's like the best thing in the world there's something like nothing better special about that there's nothing better than that and so i say go to portland i say go to salt lake city and i i was just on an episode of the john line podcast so we talk about salt lake city quite a bit in that so Go reference that. Wait, is that your number four? Did you just throw Salt Lake City on us? No, that's my number four. Number four is so these aren't necessarily order SLC either. SLC, yeah. Go go check out the SLC. Do it. And then, as much of no offense, Minneapolis, I'll probably not be coming back to you. But your sister's there. You go to see your sister, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll go back probably. But do it. Anyways, I'm not trying to piss on you guys. I'm just saying. I had some pretty bad experiences. You're not while pissing there. on a lot of people. Yeah, I had a good time there, and I actually liked how everything was interconnected in the downtown. Yeah, because it's so freaking cold. I was gonna say it's so dang cold. You can't you, you can't, can't walk traverse outside. it outside in the uh, yeah. in the winter time. But we ate we ate at this place, and I think it's called Tiki Cafe, and it's on the Mississippi. Nice. The Mississippi like. It's a weird thing. The Mississippi is the longest river there in the uh, contiguous 48. It's awesome. United States. It might be the longest river in the whole United States, including Alaska. And it, ho- I would say and Hawaii, but like Hawaii by yeah. definition can't have the longer river. You mean the Pacific Ocean? That's yeah. a big river. So 
that was I had such a good time. You're making they, me hungry. Yeah, it's about time to eat. <laughs> we're <laughs> a- we're pretty much wrapping this up. So I yeah. would say, despite my negative experiences and my tendency to complain about places, San Diego, Atlanta, Portland, SLC, and Minneapolis. And honestly, go to Phoenix too. I go to Phoenix a lot because I have family there, but it's legitimately a cool place. But I'm there so much, it's kind of just like doled out a little bit for me. But if you're new there, go to spring training. Go see the Dodgers spring training. Spring, training, the, spring training is legit. $10 games, and the player is literally like 10 feet from you on the field. Like, yeah, that's sweet. It's so much fun. I'm down. So my honorable mention is Phoenix. For nice. Sure. See, you got in five. Yeah. All right. So, So is that it? That's it. All right, man. Where can they find us? They can find us. You all find us on the internet at letsgocast.com. Is that what it's called? Letsgocast.com. Oh, yeah. We'll be Sorry, on, guys. I'm dumb. We'll be on starttodaypodcast.com. You can find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at starttodaypodcast. Thanks for listening. You all have a great day. Thank you so much for enduring. We love you. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye.